I'm your host, Dr. Karen Kant, author of the number one bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And our intention here is to help you manifest the life of your dreams, whether that's radiant health, prosperity, loving relationships, or simply peace of mind. And uh, if you are new to Light Warrior Radio and you don't already have this gift, I'd love to give you a free gift called the Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide. And you can get that at sensitivesoulguide.com. And just a little mini commercial today. Uh, it is Labor Day here, uh, September 7th, 2020. And um, uh, four days time on Thursday, September 10th, is the release of my first of three books in the next six months called Evolutionary Healer. So that's going to um, go live on Amazon. Actually, it's live now, but don't buy it now because uh, we would love to have everyone buy it on the 10th between uh, 12 and 1 p.m. Eastern, if possible, wherever your time zone is, so we can make the bestseller list. And why do we want to make the bestseller list besides from, well, saying I'm a bestselling author? Well, guess what? I'm al- already a bestselling author. But the reason is is because of impact, right? So if Amazon um, you know, says, hey, in these last three hours, between you know 12 and 3 or whatever, uh, we got all these sales. This must be really popular. Then they'll show it to other people when they're looking for spiritual books. And we really want to make that uh, impact for people, especially through the, this day and age of the ascension because there's so much going on in the world. There's so many people in panic and stress and all that kind of stuff. And this is so necessary, I feel, personally, as an energy healer, uh, for people that are open to energy and light medicine and energy healing to get that support. So we'd love to have it a bestseller status so we can have that impact uh, all over the world. So if you are a fan, thank you. Uh, would love to have your support on September 10th, Thursday, between 12 and 1. And even if it's not at that time, if you can buy sometime on that day, it's uh, less than $10 uh, for that uh, book. And there's 18 of us authors in it. Super excited uh, about it because I have a chapter that I have not actually written uh, out in public yet. Um, it's called the alternate self syndrome. It's all about multiple timelines collapsing and how your alternate selves and whatever's going on in that universe can affect you in this timeline. And we actually do some topicant healing. I'll show you my, my healing method uh, to help you kind of rein in some of those symptoms if you're a sensitive soul um, so that you don't have to suffer from this alternate self syndrome. So, yes, yeah, so thanks in advance. Now, today is the first Monday as well as Labor Day, uh, first Monday of the month. So I have Dr. Dennis Loebstein here with me, and we are going to be talking about lightweight patching. Yay! And in this case, we're talking about discomfort, uh, like um, acid feeling in, in the chest and the stomach, burning, discomfort. There's been uh, a number of people that have written in in my um, LifeWave uh, group on Facebook about, hey, I'm having this burning discomfort. I feel like acid's coming up. Uh, what can I do? You know, what kind of patching can I do for it? So uh, we've asked uh, Dr. Dennis today to talk about the Chinese medicine background about what it means to have these sorts of symptoms. Uh, and then there's others that are associated with that as well. Um, and then what we can do with phototherapy patching to activate these acupuncture points that can help us control or manage these uncomfortable symptoms. Um, so without further ado, welcome, Dr. Dennis. Well, thank you, Dr. Karen, and hello, everybody. I'm very delighted to be here with you all. And, well, thanks for uh, working on Labor about, Day. Uh, yeah, we're working <laughs> on Labor Day. How about that? <laughs> well, for us, it's fun, right? not really labor at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not labor, it's fun. Um, uh, 
the topic of your new books is very interesting to me. As, as you know, I'm a metaphysician of Asian medicine, and I practice uh, at that level that you're talking about that you have written down in your books. Right, absolutely, and, multidimensional healing. Yeah, um, which is a, a part of what I do. And um, <clears throat> I, I also thought it was interesting that you mentioned that because I'm in the process right now of reading this book I hadn't seen before called The Rainbow and the Worm. It's about the physics of organisms, and it talks about how you can relate quantum physics, which is what we're alluding to with metaphysics, with biological function, which we talk about when we're dealing with how to use the patches on acupuncture meridians, because the acupuncture meridians contain liquid crystal water, and the crystals of the patches communicate frequencies to the liquid crystal water, which transports that information around the body to all of the organ systems and down into the cells and through the microtubule network inside the cells to the DNA. Very cool. Right. So awesome. So that's what we're looking at when we talk about using the patches. We're talking about using light that has information traveling through our acupuncture meridian systems, which are like optical fibers, which transmit those frequencies to our cells and into our DNA to instruct our DNA and our cells about what to do. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty cool book. Sounds like a put it on my list. <laughs> yeah. It was written by Mei Wan Ho, and it came out in 2009, The Rainbow and the Worm. Cool. So it sounds very congruent with what you're publishing. Very cool. Yeah, thanks for mentioning it's that. Yeah. Um, so that's my story for today, my reading that book. <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> Today we're we're talking about burning sensation in the chest and in the stomach, and that can be characterized in both Western medicine and in Asian medicine. So I'm going to just touch very lightly on Western medicine and how it categorizes that um, set of symptoms, and then uh, how we would look at it through the eyes of TCM or traditional Chinese medicine and then break that down into function of different points and how to use that, that the, 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 um, the functions of those points to decide what strategy or logic to apply for patching and which patches to use. And I've got about five or six different protocols I can share, which uh, I, I want to list the logic first and go through the process of giving a little background before I go right into how to apply the patches. Yeah, that, that sounds great. And for people that are veterans of listening to Dr. Dennis every uh, month on the show, we'll know that uh, about uh, halfway through, uh, about you know, 40, 
40 minutes in, something like that, we'll actually open up the phone lines. Well, actually, they're open now, but <laughs> what I mean is we'll look at the phone lines, and you can uh, call in and ask a question specifically around your symptom. It doesn't have to be the topic of today. It could be any symptom. Uh, we want to uh, just stay away from disease names, you know, because, uh, you know, we can't say that LifeWave phototherapy patches treat or heal or prevent or cure any disease. Of course, in Asian medicine, we, we talk about the acupuncture points and what they can do, and, and that's okay. But uh, just want to make sure that people um, share with us whatever symptom they're going through. The number to call in uh, to get some one on one help is 818 514 1190. Hit one so we know your hand's up. 818 514 1190. And so, about halfway through the show, we'll actually be unmuting people, or you can also uh, type your question in the chat because I just opened that up online if you're just with us online live, um, and you can put your question there. So, yeah, I'll let you take it away, Dr. Dennis. All righty. So, I'm going to skip right to the end and do a real quickie um, thing you can do with a patch for uh, gastric reflux, and um, that is caused by rebellious stomach chi, and we're going to look at the details of that in a few minutes. But just to be brief, if you, we go to the front mu point for the stomach, which is CV12, we can stick one of the wide patches like glutathione right on CV12 and reverse the rebellious stomach chi so there's no longer any gastric reflux or uh, the feeling of nausea or, or any vomiting or even vertigo. So that's, that's that the most simple for, protocol. Is that safe for um, people that are feeling like they need to throw up because of morning sickness? That's one question that's coming up. Sure. Or shall we say, don't use, you know, don't use patches. I don't know what your policy is on on pregnant oh, women well, and use patches on the belly. Well, okay. Now, of course, so early if on, I it's nowhere near the uterus. If I backtrack a little bit to uh, the the corporate policy of not using patches when you're pregnant, then I should say no. Yeah, I don't know exactly what their uh, their latest policy is, but I think in the past we said that. Um, you know, it's not been tested in pregnant women. So to ask your doctor. <laughs> I think because it powerfully moves chi down. And if you're pregnant and you, you powerfully move chi down in the wrong way, you can have a miscarriage. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I'm not, uh, I usually don't recommend glutathione patches for um, pregnancy just because sometimes the toxins that we have housed in, in our fat and various different areas come out into the lymph and blood and, you know, to get excreted. And um, we don't necessarily, I mean, that could be better, I suppose, you know, to get rid of heavy metals and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's possible that, um, you know, if you're detoxing, which you really shouldn't spend a lot of energy detoxing while you're pregnant, then that could potentially pose a problem. People have done it successfully, but, you know, we have to kind of be more cautious because the yeah, patients are not tested in pregnant women. Okay, so sorry to interrupt you, but I just wanted to well, No worries, no, that's a good that. point. And, and so what I'm saying about that is if you're not pregnant. There are other protocols if you're nauseous and you're pregnant. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's a powerful point. Uh, and it moves uh, rebellious stomach chi down. 
So that's one we want to be cautious about. Right. <clears throat> okay. So the symptoms we're looking at dealing with here include because we're talking about burning sensations in the chest and the stomach. Uh, the symptom pattern includes any one or more of the following, and that means heartburn, an acid taste in the mouth, having bad breath, having chest pain, um, having um, gastritis from stress, uh, having regurgitation, having breathing problems, even enamel wear on the teeth, which is from long-term regurgitation of stomach acid, which eats away at the enamel, uh, esophagitis, esophageal stricture, uh, even, even though we're not treating it, uh, we're just dealing with symptoms of esophageal problems like esophageal cancer, uh, dysphagia, uh, which is uh, trouble swallowing or eating, and also vomiting blood. And if you've got a, a blood release problem, it's probably very serious and probably shouldn't deal with it by yourself. You should get a little help from a therapist or um, a doctor. Also, uh, pain below the sternum, and weight loss. Okay, so in the West, the, the diseases or the conditions or the problems that people have when they have any one or more of those symptoms include um, acid reflux or GERD, GERD, G-E-R-D, is gastroesophageal reflux disease. And gastritis, which is uh, irritation of the gastric pipes or tubes like the esophagus. And infections in the stomach, like from Heliobacter pylori. Uh, ulcers, irritable bowel syndrome or IBS indigestion, um, meds, especially non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs can cause burning sensations in the chest and stomach, hernia, especially hiatal hernia, which is uh, the upper end of the stomach uh, protruding or, or uh partly poking through or pushing on the diaphragm and uh, smoking and alcohol. So th those are all causes of burning sensation in the chest and stomach as, as recognized by Western medicine. So In brief, and I'm going to go back and talk about the details of this later, but I'd like to list and contrast the Western causes with the traditional Chinese medicine causes. So in traditional Chinese medicine, the causes of heart uh, heat, heat burning in the chest, is small intestine 
excess heat. So if you've got excess heat in the small intestine, that can cause burning in the chest. And I'll go back and look at details of that later. Also, there is a deficiency heat. If uh, the yin is deficient, then the yang appears to be in more giving more heat. That can cause epigastric pain. That's called the stomach yin deficiency heat. And um, then there is epigastric burning pain, which is caused by excess heat. And that's called stomach fire heat or heat by stomach fire. So we'll go back and talk about those details later. And there's also um, rebellious stomach chi that is uh, characterized by uh, nausea, vomiting, belching, hiccups, and dizziness. Okay, so in brief, we're looking at small intestine excess heat, stomach yin deficiency heat, stomach fire heat, and rebellious stomach chi. Got it. Okay, so I want to go back and um, talk about, just in brief, what Western medicine would do for these conditions, and then uh, we'll focus more on what we can do with Asian medicine, especially with the acupuncture points and the patches. Okay, and by the way, so, folks, I am, I am writing some notes in the patchtrainingteam.com blog. So if, in case you're furiously writing notes uh, from what Dr. Dennis is saying and his wisdom, don't worry. I am writing notes for you. Uh, it usually takes about, you know, um, you know, four hours total work, you know, uh, of that. But uh, we do it because we love you guys. Um, so it's going to be on the patchtrainingteam.com blog and then usually between, you know, 15 to, tw- uh, to 30 minutes afterwards. Um, to get that all set up, sometimes longer. but um, So just don't worry. We are going to publish that. You just have to check in with the blog after the radio show. All right. Take it away, Dr. Dennis. Uh, Dr. Karen does an awesome job of taking notes and distilling all the uh, gobbledygook, blah, 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 kibble stuff that I say into understandable language. <laughs> all right. So we're we're going to look at some Western stuff like um, for burning sensation in the chest and stomach. There are about 8 million emergency room visits every year in, in uh, the United States for that. And it's often, it's very often heartburn, uh, maybe even ulcer uh, and some asthma and nothing to do with the heart itself. Although, the feeling of the burning can sometimes be a pattern of having a heart attack, which is why people get scared and run to the emergency room. Uh-huh. Um, one of the most common ones in 10 to 20% of the population in the West is GERD or gastroesophageal reflux disease. That was first described in 1925 And uh, it was recognized in 1934 that it's caused by an excess stomach acid or gastric reflux of stomach acid coming up into the esophagus. And 40% of those people with GERD have 
a Heliobacter pylori infection in their stomach. And um, they often take Pepto-Bismol, which is um, made of bismuth salicylate, as an antiacid elixir. And veterinarians have been using bismuth salicylate and um, tetracycline to get rid of Heliobacter pylori infections in animals long before it was recognized that we had Heliobacter pylori in humans. But now we know why Pepto-Bismol works so well because of the bismuth salicylate. However, you don't want to use it in kids because you get subsalicylate metabolized out of that and salicylates can cause Ray syndrome in children, uh, which um, is a Ray syndrome like brain disease. And um, especially if they have flu or herpes or chicken pox, uh, then the salicylates will exacerbate the, the Ray's syndrome or stimulate it. Uh-huh. <clears throat> okay. So uh, typically what physicians prescribe are PPIs or proton pump inhibitors. And because acids, if you remember your high school chemistry, have a large number of protons floating free, and that's what makes a solution acidic. So if you have a proton pump inhibitor in your body, you're going to inhibit the release of protons in the stomach, and that lowers stomach acid. But there are a lot of complications with that uh, because... uh, and I did a quickie look at some research on that, and there's an increased risk of liver cancer by 80% if you're a long-term chronic user of proton pump inhibitors. There's a risk of sudden death of heart attack. There's an increased risk of depression and dementia. There is um, an increased risk of having superbug infections, and that's because you're lowering your stomach acid. And uh, the stomach acid is what usually kills pathogens that you're eating in your food. There's an increased risk of early death from long-term use of uh, proton pump inhibitors. There's an increased risk of pneumonia death in hospitalized patients. There's greater than 70 million prescriptions being overused especially between ages 1 and 11 in prescriptions. There's probably no call for that. You yeah. don't want to inhibit the stomach acid. I think it's completely unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, it, it's recognized in Asian medicine that infants and little kids have an undeveloped spleen and they don't digest very well. And their stomach, she isn't fully developed yet. So why slam it with a big sledgehammer of a protein pump inhibitor? It's crazy. Uh Okay. Yeah, it really um, is a sledgehammer. That's a good point. That's a good way of uh, putting it. Yeah, and uh, um, there's a lot of different uh, brand names uh, for that. Just want to let people know the the first one that came out in that space of of very, very, very powerful is Prilosec. 
Uh, and then there's other ones since then, Prevacid, um, Nexium. Those, these are brand names we're talking about. Uh, Protonix, those are some of the big brand names for that. And then, then there's other stuff that's over the counter now, Dr. Dennis, as you know, um, that are not as powerful. Uh, Renididine, um, what they used to call Pepsid. Um, you know, there's a, there's quite a few of the over-the-counter ones, but they are still uh, long-term use. Um, you know, the, these uh, drug companies actually don't have to prove that they're safe in long-term use, but people use them long-term, even though there's no there's no evidence that they're safe, and in fact, there's evidence that they're not safe, like you mentioned. Right. Without getting into conspiracy theories about how the pharmaceutical industry loves to sell drugs to make money. Well, they do they like to sell drugs to make money. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're just overused. And um, I, I think some of the reasons for this, including the increased risk of renal failure and causing vitamin B12 deficiency, is that proton pump inhibitors decrease micronutrient absorption, like of iron and calcium and and vitamin B12. They're all decreased when you're on proton pump inhibitors. You, you don't absorb as much of them as usual. And if you have a decreased magnesium intake, you have a higher risk of, of cardiac fail problems. Uh, there's an increased risk of bone fracture with long-term use because you're not intaking as, as much calcium as normal and you're not intaking the magnesium so you can metabolize the calcium properly. Uh, there's an increase in bacterial and fungal overgrowth, and there's an increase in peritonitis, which is an infection of the peritoneum, the lining of the gut, and um, an increase in colitis or, or uh, colon inflammation. Uh, there's a decrease in nitric oxide, which dilates uh, blood vessels, and that causes an increased cardiac risk, and also an increase in Mr. Ed, erectile dysfunction. Mm-hmm. You don't want Mr. Ed talking to you. Is that related to nitric oxide as well, or we don't know the um, mechanism oh, of action yes. there? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, okay, okay. Erectile dysfunction associated with lower nitric oxide. Which you, uh, which the body makes from uh, arginine and ornithine pathways. So there's less of that going on when you get older, and so you get less nitric oxide. But but why slam it with proton pump inhibitors if you don't have to? Right, right. Yeah, everyone's like, ah, you know, now that they see that their doctor prescribes this like candy, because I used to, I admit it. Uh, I thought, wow. Wow, people get like immediate, you know, decrease in symptoms. This is great. But then the the other part of me was like, yeah, but you know, I don't really want to prescribe this for this long. Like, I don't, I don't know if this is safe, you know. But people will be on it, and and it's very common uh, that doctors, including myself, when I was prescribing, uh, will add medications for symptoms, but not take away medications that may be causing symptoms, other symptoms. So it's really, really common. Right. Just keep adding, it's adding, like, adding, adding, adding medications and not taking away medications. And you probably used to do this yourself, and a lot of doctors do this. It's like the little old lady that swallowed a fly. So oh, you swallow yeah. um, 
frog to get the fly, and then you have to swallow um, a cat to get the frog and whatever. And, oh and instead God. of yes. backing yes. up the meds, you keep piling them on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And they just keep looking at the lab test or the blood pressure or whatever that test is, and they just keep treating the test, you know? So And I, I, and I did yeah. that before. I looked at these tests, and I'm like, wow, you should be a picture of health. Your blood tests are awesome. Your cholesterol is down. Your blood pressure is down. You know, your blood sugar is better. And, you know, I'd look at the person, and they'd look miserable because they feel horrible that they're on all these medications that I just gave them over the last, you know, two years to control all these you know, things that they're supposed to feel good, like you're supposed to be happy and healthy, and they're not. And that was like a real disconnect for me. Like, I don't get it. Like, I'm telling them to eat well and exercise and take these medications, and their risk should be so much lower of all these diseases. And then when one of my patients actually uh, ended up with cardiomyopathy, and I was like, what the heck? You know, like we did everything that we were taught to do, and then it came right. to me somehow, thanks to the universe, that the 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 prescription I was giving them for Lipitor, all right, uh, or Mevacor, whatever it was, which is lowering cholesterol, can affect the heart because you don't make coenzyme Q10. And then I was like, wait a second, if coenzyme muscle healing, Hello? and and that person isn't getting muscle healing from what I'm giving them, then that could have caused the cardiomyopathy. Yep. Well, and then, then uh, a lot of physicians wised up and realized that the um, statins were lowering CoQ10, so that they prescribed CoQ10 with the statins instead of stopping the statins, and they don't realize the statins cause liver cheese stagnation which gives you a whole host of problems, according to Asian medical I don't know whether it's your phone line or mine, Dr. Dennis, but you're, you're fading out, like, once in a while. So. Oh, um, okay. You did that once, too. Must uh, be the connection. Really sh- maybe. Um, for those of you that are live on the chat, um, maybe you can just let us know, is it me that's fading out or Dr. Dennis that's fading out? That would be really great. Awesome. Okay. Slight little rant of mine, but I was just telling you what I personally had done that I don't feel good about in the past, and so I've changed my ways. <laughs> well, your patients are lucky you changed them. So, um, just real quick, also you get uh, with uh, proton pump inhibitors, you get uh, rhabdomyolysis, which is something you also get with statins. That is, the uh, striated skeletal muscles deteriorate, and you get a lot of uh, muscle pain with that. And you see rash, rashes and itching and constipation and anxiety, abdominal pain, diarrhea, and fatigue, just from proton pump inhibitor use. Wow. And also, one thing we should be aware of is that when you increase your glutathione levels, the efficacy of the proton pump inhibitors goes way down. Now, what does that tell you? Huh. Yeah. So we know glutathione is the body's master antioxidant. It gets rid of toxins and, and things that oxidize body tissue and cause aging. So glutathione decreases proton pump inhibitor efficacy. That tells me 
the proton pump inhibitor shouldn't be there. How do you know that does that? I've never heard of that. Is that uh, your own personal Oh, well, uh, I was looking stuff up. Or? I saw that. Oh, okay, okay. Right, you can look that up online. Got it. Yeah. And also, um, I found an article that uh, talked about how proton pump inhibitors increase the risk of severe clinical outcomes of COVID-19. Well, it makes sense from what you mentioned about uh, the the pathophysiology of how it all works, the bacterial fungal overgrowth, the um, you know respiratory issues, the the uh, nitric oxide not being able to dilate you know vessels. Um, yeah, lots of reasons why um, pneumonia death you mentioned earlier that was outside of COVID. So it makes sense that it could increase your risk of not doing well with with you got a yeah. COVID infection. And we know now from looking more closely at the COVID-19 data that most people are dying of COVID-19 when they have comorbidity from other diseases that they already have. Right, right, yep. And that's mostly in the elderly too, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately for those that are elderly. Okay, so um, let's, let's move on then. Uh, another another Western med that's used are the histamine two receptor antagonists. They're called H2RAs. They also interfere with calcium absorption and cause hypocalcemia, which is low calcium, and they increase the risk of bone fracture. Uh, later in life, if they're given as a baby, if they're given the babies, the the H2RA uh, wow. used to treat um, uh, burning sensation in the chest and the stomach, or acid reflux in particular. Okay, so uh, I mentioned peptidismal before. That's that's probably one of the the least harmful things, unless you're a kid with a, a viral infection. And then um, there's also over-the-counter, most people have heard of Tums. That's a um, sucrose and calcium carbonate antacid. And unfortunately, a lot of people pop those like candy. I, yeah, yeah, but, I used to, because they were yummy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I was uh, on birth they, control they, pills, and that's why I had uh, reflux, uh, and then I was taking Tums to treat the reflux. Whoa. Yeah, that's another yeah. example of chasing yep. <laughs> chasing the meds. Yep. Uh, so the, the Tums supposedly decrease heartburn because of the calcium carbonate, and uh, they resolve indigestion because of that. And uh, if we look at Asian medical physiology and how tongues are working, we know that minerals like calcium carbonate in clamshells, like clamshell powder or some kind of mineral with calcium carbonate in it, anchors and calms the shen. So if you're anchoring and calming the shen, it calms you down and you don't have as much 
gastric reflux or rebellious stomach chi. So of, of all the Western meds I talked about, Tums is probably the safest because it's got the calcium carbonate in it and works like Asian medicine does. But you said that it's still dangerous? Um, well, popping them like candy and, and using them all the time, <clears throat> wouldn't recommend that, but it wouldn't hurt to have them around just so you can, if you have an occasional heartburn, you can calm down your shem. And right. But using them all the time can cause imbalances in your minerals or just not having enough acid to kill bugs? I'm sorry, I missed the first part of your question. You phased out. If you use them all the time, what's the risk? Um, you get used to the minerals, and you don't want to overdose on minerals because um, it can cause an imbalance of too many minerals, and that will increase the deposit of the minerals on the insides of the arteries and other places you don't want them where they cause hardening okay. of tissue. Mm-hmm. Like uh, arteriosclerosis. Right, right. So, okay, it's good. It's okay to have them around on occasion. It's okay to anchor Kamyashin on occasion with a mineral. But you don't want to do that all the time. And you can habituate to it also in terms of Asian medical physiology if you're exposed to a lot of minerals all the time and you overdose on it, then you can habituate to the effect and it won't calm the shen as well. Oh, okay. All righty, let's see. <clears throat> let's switch over to looking at these conditions in terms of Asian medicine so we can look at uh, acupuncture points and patching them. So uh, I want to characterize stomach and small intestine excess heat. So in particular, we're looking at excess heat in the small intestine. And in terms of five-element medicine, the small intestine is a filter and it uh, transforms and discriminates between usable and clear substance and turbid substance from our food. And so the usable and clear substance from the food is kept for use and conversion into energy in the body. And the turbid part of the food gets excreted as waste. So, this does, just doesn't happen on a physical level. When we're talking about energetics in Asian medicine, we're also looking at the emotional level, the energetic level, and the spiritual level. So the jing is a physical essence where I just described it physically. The yin and yang or the chi balance of yin and yang is at the energetic level and the, the Shen is at the spiritual level, which interacts with morphic fields and energy outside the body. 
So what uh, the reason I, I mention all that is that the small intestine will filter and transform and discriminate between what is useful and what's not useful, whether it's spiritual, energetic, or physical, on all those levels. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's why the small intestine is so important. It's not just physical. And when I say small intestine now, we're talking about Asian medicine and the energy of it. So we have... Go ahead. No, I just said got it. <laughs> okay, cool. So um, here's a pattern of small intestine excess heat, and you need to be able to identify the pattern so you know what protocol to use. So we're talking about burning in the chest with mental restlessness, and that's going to be one of the protocols. And here's the pattern. There's mental restlessness, there's burning sensation in the chest. There are tongue ulcers, a painful throat, deafness, abdominal pain, thirst, scanty, dark, painful urine, and even bloody urination or blood in the urine. Uh, the pulse can be fast and overflowing. Okay, so for this small intestine excess heat for that pattern, and I have a little story about that too. There is a small intestine seven, which is one of the points that we're going to look at to use the patch. Small intestine seven is the low point or the connection or junction point between the small intestine and the heart. So, the heart and the small intestine are a yin-yang pair in fire. And the heart has a number of protectors. The closest protector to it is a small intestine. And then the next outermost protector of the heart is the pericardium, and that's like the castle wall or the, uh, I'm sorry, the, the drawbridge, like a drawbridge. So the small, let's say the heart is the emperor sitting in the castle. Now I'm using metaphors from five, from five element medicine. So the heart's the emperor that, that commands all the other uh, organs in the five elements. And it's sitting in the castle and the small intestine is the closest protector and that's the, the castle wall. And then the, the next protector is the pericardium, which is like the drawbridge. So the drawbridge can be up or down. And and that's why the, the pericardium is called the inner frontier gate. Because it can open its gate to let things into the heart or it could close its gate to protect the heart. So that'll be important later when we consider the use of pericardium six because pericardium six is actually the inner frontier gate point. Okay, so um, the outer frontier gate is a sanjiao or triple burner, and that's like the moat around the castle. And the, the point for that is actually a sanjiao five or triple burner five. So that's the outer frontier gate. 
All right. So going back to small intestine, <clears throat> that's like the innermost protector for the heart. Now, if there's an imbalance of heart energy, say if somebody has been through PTSD, they have post-traumatic stress disorder, or experience some kind of trauma, not the least of which is sexual trauma, then they have a lot of excess heat in the heart and they can exhibit mania with the PTSD. And and I've seen people with this kind of um, PTSD and excess heat in their heart, they rub their the side of their the ulnar side of their arm on edges like door edges and on table edges and uh, desktop edges and wherever they can get a, a stimulation or a rubbing or bringing of chi blood and heat to the surface of small intestine seven because small intestine seven is on the side of the arm on the ulnar side of the arm where they're rubbing. Wow. So if we if we were yeah, if we were to release excess heat from the heart using Asian medicine, we could use a um a cup to suck the excess heat out from small intestine 7 or we could use what's called a a plumb hammer that has a multiple needles in it and hammer that area and cause little micro abrasions and micro bleeding so that the blood and the chi comes to the surface to release the excess heat. So if somebody, if somebody did that, had that kind of agitation in um, somebody that's only familiar with Western medicine would probably think that they're just self-mutilating or crazy. Right. But we can understand from Asian medicine that what they're doing is actually releasing heat and relieving the mania because they're releasing excess heat from the heart. So small intestine seven is a yawn protector of the heart and it increases the heart's integrity. It, um, it aligns us to our truth on an emotional and spiritual level and it's used for treating anxiety and mania and for harmonizing the thyroid and the endocrines and it's used to decrease frustration bitterness and feeling that you're misunderstood oh there's a lot of that going on for a lot of people (laughs) yeah right and so there's a lot of mania and a lot of acting out. So if all these rioters would stimulate their small intestine seven and rub their arms on something, they would release a lot of that frustration and feeling of being misunderstood. Wow. Where, where is small intestine seven? If you could uh, describe for people, they can look it up on, you know, DuckDuckGo or something online. But uh, if you could just kind of describe where it is on that um, 
you know, karate chop yeah, side yeah, of the arm? It's on the ulnar side of the arm between the wrist and the elbow. And um, it's between small intestine five and small intestine eight. And um, you could look this up on yinyonghouse.com also to get a detailed point location description. But uh, it's located in the groove between the anterior border of the ulna and the muscle belly of the flexor carpi ulnaris muscle. So the the flexor carpi ulnaris um, is a flexor of the carpals on the ulna. Any, anyway, it's on the side of the arm, about halfway between the elbow and the wrist. Cool. It's seven, seven Very close to the karate the chop. Uh, I mean, that's the karate chop side. And in Wing Chun and the martial arts, we actually use that as almost like a blade, that area. Right. Yeah, and, and, and Thai kickboxing, you... You strengthen both the shins and the blade of the arm like that too, and um, that that that's like a heart protector. You're strengthening your heart protector. Fascinating. So, what does that have to do with excess heat in the small intestine? Well, by patching small intestine seven, you're releasing heat from the heart. And that, that's one cause of the burning. Okay, so with this pattern, there are other points we can use too, like small intestine 2, small intestine 5, or small intestine 7. So I would use 2 if there's excess heat or burning. I'd use 5, small intestine 5, if the person is emotionally unstable or neurotic. Uh, and that's because um, small intestine five clears heat and clears the brain and opens sensory orifices, and if uh, it increases emotional stability. So if you're not clarifying or filtering properly, that creates the lack of emotional stability, and small intestine five will kickstart the filtering and increase the emotional stability. Mm. So it clears heat. Especially that of, of being emotionally unstable and neurotic. And then small intestine seven, as I mentioned, is used for frustration and for mania and for um, conditions of having been abused. So all of those can work together or separately depending on the person's condition for clearing excess heat out of the small intestine. So uh, other points I'd use also for that pattern are CV17, large intestine 11, and stomach 44. And we know from previous discussions that large intestine 11 and stomach 44 
both clear excess heat out of the body. Stomach 44 clears most of the whole body, draining the heat all the way from the head down to the feet. And large intestine 11 clears heat out of the upper body. Yeah, so we're talking really about cool. excess. Yeah, I think I uh, one time I was like, uh, boy, it's getting a little rusty now. I haven't poked people <laughs> recently with needles, but uh, I think we were actually even mm-hmm. bleeding out a le- uh, large intestine 11 for, like, throat pain or something, like really, really sore throats. Um, right, point, yeah, that, hand, that's, but... a, that's a definitive treatment in Asian medicine for getting rid of fever or excess heat especially in the lungs, is um, to get uh, lung, um, let's see, the the Jingwell point on the lungs, uh, lung 11. I know it sounds you know, a little barbaric of- to purposely bleed people, but I got to tell you that it, the stuff works. Like, I remember one time having a super, super sore throat, and in this case, I think I was bleeding um, large intestine one, um, and, which was painful because it was near the fingernail. Uh, uh, but it was like magic. It was like magic. It was like, oh, my gosh. Like, all that heat and pain on my throat was almost immediately bad. This was way before the patches that I knew about patches. But it was incredible, yeah. you know. Um, and we've had people with um, – uh, like uh, shingles, I'm trying to think of the non-medical term, shingles, active shingles, where the treatment, I, one of my acupuncture um, professors would actually take um, a little uh, stabby thing, <laughs> like a needle, uh, like a bigger than acupuncture needle, like a hypodermic needle, and we would literally um, nick the skin slightly, and then we would use glass cups, and we'd cup the blood out of that pathway of the uh, shingles, because this shingles pain is really, really terrible. And if you don't treat it early, at least the way we do it in Asian medicine, um, that person can have almost permanent pain. So we would uh, cup this area and and have blood. um, And it looked awful, you know, when you were doing it. But the person actually tolerated it really well. It wasn't that painful except for the initial pick. But i got to tell you, it's like almost magic, like immediate, like, Really, maybe not as fast as patches, but but you know, like literally within a day or two, uh, and we do this almost every day for someone. Thank goodness there's patches that right. we don't have to bleed people as much. But oh my gosh, it was amazing clearing this heat. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that too. Works very quickly, mm-hmm. and also I've I've seen people come into the emergency room and they have some kind of infection or febrile condition they're the they've got a fever of unknown origin and right. uh you order up you order a blood test and you have the lab come and draw the blood right as they're drawing the blood everything corrects itself because the heat's being drawn out of the body oh even though it's not the acupuncture point that they're drawing it from yeah the point is to get the blood out and and George Washington actually was killed by overzealous physicians that were bleeding him. Oh, right. I heard that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. you can go off the deep end, you know, on the other direction. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned CB17. Um, is, is that uh, a clear heat point or something? CB17, that's um, 
an upper jaw mu point or place where the chi comes together from the San Jiao meridian in five element medicine. And it's also the front mu point for the pericardium in TCM. And it's a sea of chi and an influential point for chi. And so it's a place where a lot of heat resides and a lot of energy can be regulated from that point. So uh, it, it spreads heart joy throughout the kingdom if it's functioning properly or it can withhold the joy if it's not functioning properly. So it empowers a synchronization of heart and spirit or fire and metal. So that's why CB17. So you get the more, more regulation and synchronization between fire and metal, between the heart and the spirit to regulate the heat. And so as long as we're talking about these points, I might as well give you the protocol that involves them for, for small intestine excess heat burning in the chest with mental restlessness. Got it. Okay. So if we're looking at the person from the front, we, we can put a carnosine patch on CV-17 and then on small intestine 2, we can put an eon or glutathione patch on the right. And then we can put a white ice wave patch on large intestine 11 on the right. Large intestine 11 was where the elbow crease ends. And then uh, we can put a tan ice wave patch on the left foot uh, on the web between the uh, second and third toe where stomach 44 is. And so we have ice wave patches on large intestine 11 and stomach 44 diagonally through the body to drain the excess heat. So we have all these functional points working at the spiritual, energetic, and physical level on those points that I mentioned, and now you know why I'm using them. Uh And in lieu of small intestine two, which is for excess heat and burning, if we have an unstable emotion and a neurotic kind of condition, we can use small intestine five instead of small intestine two. Or if we have a frustrated person who's been abused, who's experienced a lot of trauma and is exhibiting mania, we can use small intestine seven instead of small intestine two. And also, you can put an SP6 patch on left small intestine seven to help draw the energy out. Oh, let's say that last piece again. Sorry. Catch up. You can use an SP6 patch on small intestine seven on the left side of the body when you have an eon or a glutathione on the right so that you can draw the energy out. 
So if you put a negative patch like SP6 on the left side, then you set up an electrical current between the the right and the left, between the EON patch and the SP6 patch, where you're making the sedation of the point of the point being small intestine seven more powerful to draw out that excess heat of mania or frustration from trauma. Yes. Yeah, it seems like the small intestine seven uh, intention is like a pretty severe symptoms, you know, that mania and frustration, whereas you know, using small intestine five could be for someone who's just feeling kind of anxious, not able to filter out other people's emotions. <laughs> yes, right. And not as severe exactly. as you know being you know tra- sexually trauma traumatically raped or abused or what you know like that kind of mania or frustration or, or that um, type of trauma. Um, so yeah. did I get that right? Yes, you did. That's perfect. You said it so concisely and perfectly, I couldn't do any better. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we should get to some questions soon, Dr. Dennis, and we can come back to the protocols whenever you feel like. Uh, um, So so just to review for folks uh, listening in, this is one of the four uh, protocols called the Small Intestine Excess Heat um, Protocol, and this one is uh, helpful for... um, Whoops, where did I put it here? Burning in the chest with mental restlessness. There we go. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. So that's the protocol. Okay. So I'll actually add so that, that into the title. That might be helpful. Awesome. Okay. So that's Great. just one of, the, uh, one of the four. I got three more, but we can do questions first if you like. Yeah, let's do some questions. And if you're calling in live, you've been very patient, I know, to to get your questions answered. So it doesn't have to do with burning in the chest. Uh, you can ask any particular symptom, with, uh, and then you have Dr. Dennis or myself help you with some protocols. Um, so if you want to call in live now, the number to call in is 818-514-1190. Hit 1 so we know your hand is up. You can also type in the chat if you're online. So 818-514-1190. And what we'll do is I'll unmute you, I'll say your area code, and then you can uh, just give us your first name, and then you can ask your question. All right, so we have somebody with their hand up right now. So area code 928. Hi. Yay, it's Kathy. Hey, Hey, Kathy. Hi. I I had an endoscopy done, and they found multiple um, polyps in there. Uh, The some of the burning is going away. I've been using the X39 um, on the place where you said with intent, Dr. Karen. Um, right. Is there anything that I can do to any patch I can use to reduce those polyps in my esophagus? Well, it's kind of a diagnosis, so we can't really say how to treat that. But what we can do is Dr. Dennis will tell you about the theory, the Chinese theory, about outgrowth, and then maybe some, you know, acupressure points that you can use with the patches to help with outgrowth. I don't know how else to say that, Dr. Dennis. And is the glutathione patch going to work better for this burning and stuff than the X39? Okay, so you've got the X39 on your on, on your uh, thymus area or your stomach area? Yeah, I'm trying to think yeah, of which pr- yeah. The thymus the area? Thymus okay, area. CV19, mm-hmm. okay. 
So this is a little mini training I did, Dr. Dennis, uh, the other day about uh, my uh, loving the CV19 area because it's right over the thymus. We're using it with intention. Also helps support the immune right. system. And I said, by the way, that can also dec- you know get that energy flowing down. It may not be our number one point for stomach issues, but it can do a couple of different things. So that's why she's using X39 on CV19. Okay. Okay. So I'll let you talk now. Dr. Dennis. (laughs) Thank you. Usually if you've got polyps, that's a condition of a stagnation. And um, in terms of Asian medicine, and um, that that can create like a yin deficiency kind of heat because the chi stays in one place, but uh, doesn't go to other areas. And so what you've got is like an epigastric burning or deficiency heat, which oh, yeah. uh, would be called stomach yin deficiency heat. And that's one of the other conditions I was going to talk about anyway. So why don't we talk about uh, the protocol for that as long as you ask that question. Okay. Is that okay, Dr. Yeah, is that okay with you, right. Kathy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Okay, so, okay, great. So here's the pattern. See if it jives with what you're talking about. Stomach indeficiency heat is epigastric pain, dry stools, dry mouth, thirst with desire to drink, or no desire to drink, thirst with no desire to drink. So you're thirsty, but you don't feel like drinking anything. You have no yeah. appetite. Uh, you feel full after eating, and uh, you might have an afternoon fever or burning sensation, which more is more pronounced in the afternoon, and your pulse is kind of weak and floaty. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's a constipation, right? Does that sound right? like what you got? Um, not too much. Okay. But the epigastric pain is there. Uh yes, I've got the I've still got a little bit of the burning up here, not as much as I had. He dilated the esophagus too, so hopefully that's going to help some. Okay, um, is your pulse really big and fast? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay. Not that I can tell. Can you can you feel that with a tulpa conduct can? Oh. Okay, well, let me, uh, we'll do the cheating way, I suppose. I want to know if it's a deficiency or an excess before I tell you which protocol to use. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, Kathy, are you okay with me tuning in temporarily? Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yes. Checking I've to done see? this before. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Students. <laughs> okay, so let's take a look here. So, let me just tune in here. Okay, so out of these symptoms, what's the what is the um, the most closely aligned reason in Asian medicine? This one, this one, this one, or this one? Okay, I'm getting stomach fire heat. Um, okay, at least, you know, that's an excess. My Are you on medications, Kathy? Uh, blood pressure medications, yeah, and I do take Prilosec. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. We have more of a, an excess burning or an excess heat. So we have epigastric burning with stomach fire heat. Mm-hmm. So that would involve um, epigastric burning pain, um, thirst for cold fluids, excess hunger, swelling pain, maybe bleeding gums, um, foul breath. Do you have that? Um, you know, I don't think so because I do something at night. Um, I When I use my mouthwash, I put a few drops of uh, peroxide in it. Okay. How about constipation or nausea and vomiting? I have no no vomiting. Uh, the constipation is not really too much of an issue because I'm having Activia yogurt right now. I was taking a probiotic of 50 billion before all of this came about, but I've stopped that completely. Okay. So from what Dr. Karen was sensing uh, and what appears to be from what you just finished telling me is you have more of a stomach fire heat, which is an excess condition than a deficiency heat. Okay. So, so we'll go to the protocol for stomach fire heat. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so in that case, now we're looking at at the back, and we want to use bladder 21, which is the back shoe point for the stomach, and it's right below the thoracic vertebra 12. And the reason I'm picking bladder 21 is that it, it uh, decreases rebellious stomach chi, and it also tonifies the stomach, and it harmonizes the middle jaw, which is between the spleen and the stomach's energy. Uh, it also uh, treats stomach disharmony, whether it's hot or cold, and uh, it resolves damp and stomach aches and vomiting. Okay. So, so bladder 21, I would put ice wave patches on bladder 21, which is half... Um, Uh, it's uh, it's um, 1.5 inches bilateral to the midline, uh, right at the level of just below the 12th thoracic vertebra. So you may need someone to help you put those on. Do they go on the back? Yeah, they go on the back. Okay. So put ice weave there with the white on the right and the tan on the left. Okay, so this is protocol for stomach fire heat, epigastric burning. Okay. Okay, so there we have bladder 21. And then on the right, large intestine 11, we can put an eon or a glutathione or an olivita patch. Okay. And then on the left, on stomach 44, we can put either an SP6 patch or a carnosine patch. So your large intestine 11 and your stomach 44 are going to majorly drain 
excess heat and stomach fire out. And then bladder, 20, bladder 21 is going to harmonize the middle jowl, including the stomach. So that should, especially if you're hydrated with using the patches. I have been. Resolve the stomach fire heat. Okay, thank you. And will that help the stagnation, uh, Dr. Dennis, that may be contributing to the development of lumps in the stomach? Yes, because of bladder 21. Okay. It's harmonizing the middle jowl. And um, because it's the backshoot point of the stomach, the esophagus is part of the stomach energy. And so that should uh, harmonize the chi and reverse the stagnation, yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Will this be on the recording? Yes, ma'am. I also wrote notes, so um, should be good. (laughs) I'm outside. I don't have any paper to write all this. I just remember 21 and 11. (laughs) Yeah, 21, 11, and 44. So uh, these are all like magic numbers, but... uh, uh, what I'll do is I'll put the I'll put the protocols above. So this is called stomach fire heat epigastric burning. Okay, that's the protocol. Okay. And then um and then I have questions at the very bottom, but I'll just say refer to above, right? And then you'll okay. Alrighty. Thank you very much. You're Both welcome. You. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you, Kathy. I'm gonna mute you now. All right, great. Um, I don't have anybody else's hands up, so they're all probably waiting for the next protocol, so we can keep going, Dr. Dennis. Okay, so that was the second one for stomach fire heat. And now the third one, that was for an excess heat. The third one is for a deficiency heat, stomach yin shu or, or yin deficiency heat. That's epigastric burning caused by deficiency heat. So... Um, in that case, the pulse isn't strong. It's floaty and weak. And um, there's dry mouth and there's thirst without a desire to drink. It's a, a symptomatic pattern of a yin deficiency heat. I've had that for sure. Epi- okay, where there's epigastric burning involved. Okay, so the points we want to look at here include bladder 21, like we used before, and pericardium 6, spleen 4, stomach 40, liver 3, and gallbladder 41. Okay, so y'all understand why bladder 21. We just described that. So why pericardium 6? Well, pericardium 6 is the inner frontier gate, as we talked about before, and it's uh, the master of the yin way my channel, which means that it is a preserver of the yin, and it's used to treat yin deficiency. And especially it's for heart and chest and stomach. So it's a gate to the heart for someone who keeps the world out on an emotional level. So if you're keeping the world out, your gate, your um, your drawbridge is up, and it's protecting the heart. 
it's like you got your eyes closed and you don't want to know. And that's okay. Yeah, it's you're protecting yourself. And, well, well, yeah, on when you're protecting yourself, that's okay. But you don't want it up all the time, or you're going to isolate yourself into oblivion and not not interact with the world around you. So, so this is where there's a loss of contact with the inner self. So when you're having your drawbridge up too much, you're also not contacting your inner self as well. Can you so pericardium six? Pericardium six then? Uh, I'm sorry. Are you? Can you overtreat pericardium six? Like have your drawbridge up yeah. too much? Yeah, yeah, you can overtreat it. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It's like drinking too much water. Water is a good thing, but you can have too much of a good thing. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, so pericardium six unites yin and yang. It increases your clarity of vision. It calms fire, which is a, one of the main properties we want to to calm the fire, the heat, and it lowers chaos. And it, it can also be used to treat insomnia in conjunction with heart seven, just as a helpful aside there. So if you've got a deficiency heat, accumulating in the heart, you can use heart seven and pericardium six and calm the chaos and the fire that's creating insomnia. But in this case, we're interested in clearing the heat from um, the stomach yin chu or yin deficiency heat. Okay, so we have bladder 21, we have pericardium six, and then we also have spleen four, Spleen 4 is a confluent point that synergistically works with pericardium 6 and reinforces its effect. And it's also used for the heart and the chest and the stomach. And it tonifies specifically the stomach and the spleen. And it tonifies to create abundance. So like there's a deficiency we're dealing with, so you can tonify the spleen to make it more abundant. And it connects with the earth, which is very nourishing. So it can connect you with your higher self as you're nourishing through earth. And on a more practical level, it decreases hyperacidity in the stomach. So spleen four is very useful for decreasing hyperacidity in the stomach. And on an emotional level, it decreases misery. And it also decreases agitation or agitation caused by deficiency heat. So that's why we're using Spleen 4. Is this now, something that's more common in women or something? Like women that have children or women that do too much? or Just curious whether this, this pattern is more common in women. Maybe it's not. Yeah, because 
it affects the Chong channel because Spleen okay. 4 is the, the Chong My Master. The Chong is the energy channel that goes to the uterus. And so if you've been um, pregnant or have a uterus uh, disharmony, then, yeah, Spleen 4 can be very helpful. And, of course, men don't have a uterus. But it could also be useful for the prostate in men. Yeah. So alternatively to pericardium six and spleen four, we could also we we could use liver three and gallbladder forty one instead. And for liver three, most people are familiar with that. We talk about that a lot with using the patches. That's a shoestring point and a source point on earth and it treats heaviness and stagnation and damp and so by the way in the last case where we had stagnation liver three would be good for that too because of the stagnation it gets rid of wind damp heat and um i love liver three uh, one of my favorites yeah mine too and agitation caused by heat and uh, somebody who gets easily annoyed, gets migraines, gets uh, <clears throat> stomach pains, dry throat, um, dryness from increased heat. Uh, those are wood, CF patterns in five-element medicine. A CF is a constitutional factor. That means there's an energy imbalance in that element. So uh, liver three is good for somebody that gets easily annoyed and and that can uh, that's a wood characteristic. So like you, irritable, you act, angry. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, right, right. And and wood is is yang rising, and it's known known for busting through things. And so you use that that irritability and that annoyance and that and that anger if the annoyance builds up or that irritability builds up to anger to bust through whatever is blocking you. So to a certain degree, that's a healthy thing, but if it accumulates long-term, it can precipitate in this uh, stomach yin deficiency heat, which can give you epigastric pain. Ah, okay. Yeah, my mom uh, used liver three for energy enhancer patches because that was the only patch available back then, and I was trying to clear heat from um she was having urticaria symptoms so so like hives uh seemingly for no reason yeah. so that was a point that was just super easy for her to to find you know for me to show her and that was the only one she would remember so i was like whatever fine just use that one and she loved it she loved it and she said to me i want to stop my antidepressants and i was like don't do that without talking to your doctor you know so she did, and she was able to wean off the first time in decades, wean off antidepressants, uh, and um, she said, I argue with your father much less, um, and that irritability that she had, I mean, it cleared that heat from her, and of course, the, the hives did go away. Um, I also had her on, um, you know, stop eating sugar, stop eating gluten, and um no, wait, I didn't have her stop eating gluten back then. No, so I just said stop eating sugar, take probiotics, and use 
you know, energy enhancers on liver three. <laughs> I was trying to keep it really simple for her. And, uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't overnight. It took about two, three months of consistent use, but she loved that point. She, to this day, is the point that she remembers, and she continues to, to use that. She's never had to be back on antidepressant medications because it, it healed that uh, energetic imbalance or, or helped it at least. Um, well, so, yeah, so it's a very powerful point. That's why that, yes, it is, I agree. And that's why that point is also known as happy calm. Mm, yeah. The happy calm point, liver three. So it's for for growth, for calm, for strength to the wood, because wood's involved with growth. Mm. So happy calm is a good point. And in addition to just putting the patches on, you can put a drop of lavender oil under the patch on liver three and help calm it even more. And it's interesting that that uh, doctors are not, are not familiar with the patches. Often, one of the first questions they ask is, are these patches interfering with my prescription drugs? Right, right. But it's really the opposite. The prescription drugs are interfering with the energy, the normal energy balance of the body. And it's the patches that really balance the energy of the body. So it's the other way around. They have to invert their thinking to be more real. It's their pharmaceutical prescriptions that are interfering with the body's harmony and balance, not the patches. The patches reinforce the energy of the body. But just just as a just an official thing we have to say is that because nothing goes through the body from the patches, so you can even put patches on socks or, you know, your T-shirt or whatever, if for whatever reason you can't patch on the skin or don't wish to, um, there is no chemical or biological agent that goes into the body. So, so it doesn't actually physically interact with a medication. Um, so unlike an herb, which can, you know, Chinese herbs or uh, Western herbs can interact uh, and interfere with the action of, um, you know, medications and their efficacy, or or amplify them, which is maybe even more um, problematic. So just for the record, we want to just let people know, especially if they're new to LifeWave phototherapy, that it is using light. It does not go through the skin, and so for the most part, I, you know, I do not. Uh, I just tell you know doctors and their patients, I said, you know, don't worry about medical. Um, uh, sorry, medicine interaction with the patches. There's no such thing. Yeah, the the energy signature works on a different level from the drugs. It goes yeah, directly um, through the acupuncture meridians, through the cell, down to the DNA level. Whereas the drugs interact with the receptor on the cell, uh, the cell surface, if they're a peptide drug, or if they're a steroid, they go through the cell membrane and interact with the receptor inside the cell but not directly with the DNA. And um, the, the chemical interactions the, drug ha- the drugs have with the receptors create an energy signature themselves, and the, the patches have an energy signature of light. And the drugs have side effects because they have a vehicle of, of other chemicals that are in the medication. Well, we better move on because we're running out of time. I just looked at the time, Dr. Dennis. (laughs) Uh, Here we go. Uh, So gallbladder 41 is is the other point we're looking at. That's a shoestring point. 
So um, that means that it's for damp and heaviness and for stagnation also. And it's the uh, belt channel master that clears wind, wind damp heat in the wood and it harmonizes the liver and the gallbladder. So it brings clarity and a fresh start and clears out rubbish and garbage out of the, out of the wood. It clears stagnation and toxins. So gallbladder 41 is also a good point for clearing stagnation, like in the last case we had with the polyps. Um, Doesn't that move energy throughout the whole body or something? I think Dr. Quiley... Yes, it does, because it's it's a master point for the belt channel, and all all the other meridians going up and down the body pass through the belt channel. So it's a good way to access uh, okay. all the other channels. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So if we're looking at that protocol, uh, I would use pericardium 6 and spleen 4 if there's an agitation condition. And I would use liver 3 with gallbladder 41 if there is a chaotic condition. And that's where yin does not adequately anchor the yang. You get both chaos and agitation. So if you can focus in on which the person has, if they're agitated and irritable, or if they got a lot of chaos going on, you don't have to use both. You can either use P6 or spleen 4 or liver 3 and gallbladder 41. Okay, so we're looking at a protocol for stomach yin deficiency heat for epigastric burning due to deficiency heat. And uh, we're looking at the back, and we can put ice wave patches on bladder 21, as we described before. We can put an eon patch on the right pericardium 6 with either an SP6 or a carnosine patch on left spleen 4. And then there's an additional point that I didn't mention. That's stomach 40. And that's a low point that's used to clear phlegm. And on the spiritual level, when the spirit's not satisfied, and that's because there's misting of the mind due to phlegm accumulation, according to Asian medical physiology. So you can clear that phlegm with stomach 40, and put put uh, an olivita patch on the right stomach 40 in this protocol. Okay, can you uh, make sure I got this right, Dr. Dennis? So we've got, um, so if there's more agitation, we're using the pericardium spleen version of this. So we've got bladder 21 with ice wave or energy enhancers, right? Um, yeah. Right on right hand on left. And then we've yep. got left left spleen four with SP six complete patch. And then um right uh was it Eon? Shoot. <laughs> Eon with the pericardium six. Yep. Okay. Um and then on the right stomach forty was with what patch? Olivita. Olivita, okay. Okay. Or you could use any of the YH patches. 
but I like Olavita because it's speaking to the uh, pineal and helping to regulate hormones. Gotcha. Okay. Right, and uh, with uh, with um, the liver three and gallbladder forty one. You could use the SP6 on the left and the Eon on the right. So the Eon's on right, gallbladder 41, and the SP6 on left, liver 3. Okay. All right. So last but not least, we have rebellious stomach chi protocol. So we mentioned most of the points before. Uh, one we didn't talk about yet was CV12. And let me characterize rebellious stomach chi first. So rebellious stomach chi means that the stomach chi is not going in the correct direction, which is normally down. Rebellious stomach chi goes up. That means it's going in the wrong direction. And it's usually the front mu point for the stomach, which can regulate the rebellious chi and make it go in the correct direction down and that front mu point is CV12. So it um, just to make a long story short to save time it, it reverses rebellious stomach chi. Okay so um, I would use in the protocol for rebellious stomach chi with burning in the chest and the stomach involving nausea, vomiting, dizziness, belching, and hiccups. That's kind of a long title, but you can figure out how you want to frame it. <laughs> okay. I use um, bladder 21, back shoot point for the stomach, with ice weight patches with the white on the right and the tan on the left. That's on the back. And then in the front of the body, put a glutathione patch or a carnosine patch on CV12. And now you have a nice triangle there between CV12 on the apex in the front of the body and the two ice wave patches on the back on bladder 21. Okay, and then we want to use pericardium six point on the right with Olivita. And on the left, put an SP6 patch on spleen four. And then on the right, you want uh, to use either stomach 36 or stomach 40. You would use stomach 36 for stability with an eon patch or use stomach 40 for brain fog with an olivita patch. Oh, and everybody you got two with brain fog. What's that? You got two olivitas. You got olivita on pericardium 6 and you got an olivita on 40. So you want both in this case? Two olivita patches? Uh, or or you, you could put another um, YH patch on pericardium 6 or even the X39. Okay. 
Okay. And um, so, okay, let me, let me, because that was really fast, so let me redo that. Glutathione okay. or carnosine on the stomach point, CV12 on the stomach. Then Alavita X39 or YH on pericardium 6 on the right, whereas yep. uh, SP6 complete on the left, spleen 6, <clears throat> or sorry, spleen 4. Four, yeah. And Alavita on the right stomach 40 if you have brain fog, or Eon on the right stomach 36 if you have what? Um, emotional instability or neuroticism or highly, and a lot of anxiety, and, and it manifests in the stomach like butterflies in the stomach. It's for stability in the stomach because stomach 36 is a command point for the stomach area or for the lower abdomen, more specifically. All right. So uh, in the places where we have any of the YH patches or the Alavita patches or any of the positive patches, you can experiment with interchanging it with an X39 patch. Or you can stack the X39 patch on top of the other positive patch and just play with how it works for you. Does that include carnosine too or just the Alavita Eon and glutathione? Uh, the Alavita Eon and glutathione. Carnosine we're usually using on the left side as a negative, relatively negative or more yin patch. But if you have it on the right or on the midline, yeah, you could do that with carnosine. Okay, so that's it in a nutshell. I could give a lot more details, but I guess we're out of time. Yeah, we're we're out of time here, but uh, let me just take a look. Um, if you have another question for Dr. Dennis, you can put your hand up, 818-514-1190, hit 1, so we know your hand is up. Or if you're on the chat, you can also put it there as well. So I'm just going to go ahead and just uh, summarize kind of what we worked on today. Um, so... And I put this all in the blog post, which I will post up uh, and, you know, finish uh, this uh, a little later here, just to, you know, spell check and all that. Um, so we have basically four protocols for this the symptom of, you know, burning in the chest, burning in the stomach. Um, Dr. Dennis has outlined uh, four main patterns today in Chinese medicine, small intestine excess heat, stomach yin deficiency heat, stomach fire heat, and rebellious stomach chi. Um, and so there are four different uh, protocols available here depending on what your symptoms are and uh, what you think is best for you. And of course, it's not harmful for you to try each of these in case you're like, I have no idea which one I am, you know. So you can always try it and see what works best for you uh, symptomatically. Um, and then, uh, yep, so I wrote all the protocols down here. And Dr. Dennis, I think uh, one of the questions is... Uh, if you think you have one of these patterns and rebellious stomach G, how would you combine those two protocols or not? You would add CV12 if it's not in the protocol. Okay. All right. And maybe even and bladder 21, but that's most of them anyway. Okay. So I'll put that at the bottom here. Uh, if you have the 
Okay, if you are patching for the top, one of the top, sorry, one of the top three protocols, and you wish to treat rebellious stomach chi, which uh, thankfully is not a medical diagnosis. <laughs> Yay. Just add, yeah, conception vessel 12. Um, to the protocols, and that's over the stomach area. Uh, any particular patch uh, you think? We didn't talk much about X39. Um, does it matter if they're just adding that uh, one extra patch on there? Either glutathione or carnosine I like, but X39 works pretty good, and Eon will work fine there. And remember, um, at the beginning, I said the most simple protocol for rebellious stomach G is to put the glutathione on CV12. Right. So if you just want one single thing, just do that. And the only thing we want to say is if, if you're, you know, pregnant, especially in the first 12 weeks, uh, just we don't like that point for pregnancy. So you want to avoid it if you're pregnant. Yeah. Right. Okay, great. Awesome. Uh, we do have a question here. I'm going to unmute you. Your area code 303. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Gail Keeler. Hey, Gail. Hey, Gail. Hi. Um, so my question doesn't have anything to do with what you were speaking of. Um, okay. But um, I was wondering about protocol for lightweight patches for someone who wants to really balance their low blood sugar and then also, because I think this is part of the issue, um, the, another lightweight protocol to strengthen the kidney adrenal to lessen bouts of fatigue? Yeah. Good question. So the most simple thing you can do to balance blood sugar is to regulate... I'm just going to meet you here, Gail, because there's feedback. We'll get back to you in a sec. Go ahead, Dr. Dennis. The most simple thing you can do to regulate um, blood sugar is to put a um, YH patch, preferably glutathione, on CV12. That's the most simple thing to, to harmonize or balance the middle jowl and I've done that on people using a glucometer, and you can see the blood sugar just go down. What this if is it's too, too high or, or if it's too low, it can go up. I'm sorry, Dr. Oh, Kahn? okay. Yeah, she had too low blood sugar, so we don't want the blood sugar to go down. No, but that point regulates. If it's too high, it'll go down. If it's too low, it goes up to normal. Aha, uh-huh, great. That's what regulation does. If, if it's going in the wrong direction, it'll take it in the right direction. So if it's too low or too high, it'll go back to the normal. Nice. Yeah. That's the most simple thing you can do for the blood sugar. <clears throat> also, um, I have uh, I had a girlfriend once who's a naturopathic doctor, and uh, we experimented with uh, regulating the chi in the middle jowl, which, which has um, control over the pancreas and uh, we used a glucometer to test blood sugar and I did qigong on her middle jowl and within a few seconds the blood sugar went to normal 
That's awesome. And what about the okay. uh, the her other thing about strengthening kidneys and adrenals, or supporting those to lessen bouts of fatigue? Yeah. So the most simple thing you can do is put a patch on the life gate, Ming Men, which is um, GV uh, GV four, right below the the second lumbar vertebra. So that's right between both kidneys, and it affects both kidneys and recharges your batteries through the life gate. An alternative, if you don't want to use just one patch, you can use a set of ice wave or energy enhancer patches on bladder 23 with the white on the right and the tan on the left and get the same kind of effect on recharging your kidneys. Well, you can you actually could also use, use kid- that with the uh, GB4 as well. Oh, you can use you can use all three. Mm-hmm. It's it might be a little overkill, but I'm sure you can still do that. <laughs> uh, you can also you especially if you want to use more patches or sell more patches. <laughs> you want to be Energizer Bunny uh, like I am. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can also use Kidney Three with uh, energy enhancer patches, white on the right, hand on the left. And if you're talking about extreme fatigue, where we're at the point of collapse, you could use energy enhancer patches on kidney 27 with an Eon or an X39 on the belly button. Yeah, I love that one. Not that I use it personally, but for other people. Yeah, it's contraindicated for sticking a needle in, but you can put a patch over it, or you could do moxa on it. And it it's still connected spiritually to the Kashic records and to the etheric field, and you're still being nurtured through that. So you can awaken that point to open up more with a patch on it or uh, that is a patch that is a positive patch. It rotates the torsion field clockwise or by putting salt in the belly button and burning moxa on it is another way to activate that. So by patching it, you can do the same thing as the moxa. What do you think about um, if she puts the bladder 23 at the back there, the energy enhancers, um, of using the X39 on the front body, like at the CV6 or something? Sure. I love it. It's a nice triangle. Nice triangle. Yes. Okay. So I'll add that in here in this case. You can use You know how I love triangles. Yes, I do. (laughs) Uh, let's see, underneath the belly button for making a nice triangle of energy. Okay, yeah. So just to, so Gail, just to um, go over that again, to regulate blood sugar, you're going to put a glutathione patch on CB12 in your stomach. All right, and then if you want to use one other single patch to increase 
energy you can put on the back on GB4 below lumbar 2, okay? But if you want to get fancy, what you can do is instead of putting that on GB4, like X39, for example, you could put it on your low belly, like in the brochure, and then add the energy enhancer patches um, to the bladder 23 on either side of lumbar 2 or kidney 3 on your feet. So that would give you yeah. some nice triangles to work with. Yeah, and I've got and all, all that printed up. There's another combination I like for balancing the middle jaw energy, and it's got the same energy effect as using um, Renchen or ginseng, and that is to uh, use energy enhancer patches with the white one on the right stomach 36 and the tan one on left spleen 6. That's part of a five-element rotation. And also... If you look up five-element rotation protocol with yin-yang pairs that rotate on all the elements, one, 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 one element per day, uh, you get a nice energy balance, too, that will resolve what you're talking about, both the blood sugar and the energy level. Yeah, I, I really like that. Um, I know you didn't mention it in this case, but uh, personally, um, I used to have lots of like low blood sugar issues, and I have a that's on my mom's side of the family, and then there's high blood sugar diabetes on that side of the family, um, and so I would have to eat about six times a day in order to stay okay or feel okay, and I used to have food everywhere. Um, but I have to say that after the invention of the SB6 Complete Patch, that that seemed to really balance personally my blood sugar. Uh, so I'm just telling an anecdotal story here, and what I find is that. Um, I don't feel like I have to eat six times a day anymore, you know. And, in fact, I'm doing really well on my in intermittent fasting um, and my bone broth fasting because I've got that SP6 on, you know, one of these points, and that seems to really help me with that as well. So I know that's a lot of protocol scale uh, and possibilities. Um, but, you know, any anything that's, you know, that we've said that's on the center line or on the left side of the body, you could always use – SP6 complete as well instead of, you know, some of the other patches we mentioned. So I'm going to unmute you, see if that is clear. Hey, Gail, <laughs> how you doing? Hi. I'm doing good. Thank you so much. Um, okay. Yeah, the only, the only thing I don't understand is the very last one with uh, stomach 36 and spleen 6. Um So, so that's well, that would be an al alternate, yeah, alternate way of using energy enhancer patches. With the white okay. one on the right and the tan one on the left. So you put the white okay. energy enhancer patch on right stomach 36 and the tan energy enhancer patch on left spleen 6. Great. Thank you. And um, just one final question. Um, is this something that I would want to do every day? Um, and just see, or every other day, or? Well, what you can do every day is a five-element rotation. Uh, if you look at our archives, uh, we're at the end yeah. of our seventh year. We have years of archives, and on several of them, we discuss exactly how to do a five-element rotation with yin-yang pairs using energy enhancer patches. So that will explain how to do that every day. Great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Fantastic. Great question. Okay. Thank you. 
there's there's a lot of people, and I know you know this, Dr. Dennis, there's a lot of people that are suffering from really uh, past decades of stress, and, and I went through it myself, as you know, with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome, and um, yeah. the energy enhancer patches were the only patches available at that time when I was really sick, and uh, using them on a regular basis, um, and not just for exercise, you know, using them, I started using them every day, and I, I had a huge improvement in my energy levels, because I used to be like the you know, like the Energizer Bunny, and but I was stressed, you know, back then, uh, being like that. And then now I can be like the Energizer Bunny but have a smile on my face like the pink bunny does and <laughs> right. do a heck of a lot yeah, of work, it's you know. The Energy Enhancer patches give you the absence of fatigue all day without being wired. Yeah. So you don't get, yeah, you get more done. a surge of energy like you're on Red Bull or um, yeah. coffee. But, but uh, if you don't use them, you feel the fatigue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, um, it depends on, you know, per- people's lifestyle. Some people say, well, Dr. Karen, like, you know, do I have to keep using these? Like, like, will I get worse if I don't use them? And my answer to that, well, it depends on your goals, right? So if you are in pain and you want out of pain, you use Ice Wave for pain and you're out of pain, then you don't have to use Ice Wave anymore, you know? But for me, it's not just about symptom relief because I know in Chinese medicine and holistic medicine that just because you don't have a symptom doesn't mean there's not underlying imbalances. And there's always going to be toxins, at least for now, right. in our environment, and we've got stored toxins. So for me, I'm going to continue using patches on a regular basis, not only to support my body today, but also to clear stuff that's happened in the past and also even reverse age because now we know that thanks to the X39, we have that great ability for our stem cells to get younger and healthier and more of them so we can reverse age or youthening if people like that word. Um, So that's why I use it on a regular basis. And because I'm super busy, I love being super busy. I love my work. You know, I just love, love, love it. And um, it really supports me to do that, plus CrossFit, plus martial arts, plus figure skating, you know, plus publishing three books in six months, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, that's why I use uh, patches every day, because it really supports me to do my mission and to be the best that I can be. And, And I invest in myself, and I spend that money to invest in myself, because, you know, I, I love what I do, and my mission's important, and I'm going to support my body in doing that mission. So I know you guys well, didn't ask that so, question. I thought I'd so, answer it anyway. <laughs> that's so awesome. Uh, yeah, I just want to reinforce um, using energy enhancer patches to keep tonified, just just like a tune-up every day. Without You don't have to have a condition. Just it'll enhance your athletic performance ah. or it'll enhance your lifestyle. Yeah, like people just also, think that they get older and their body breaks down. And I'm like, no, it doesn't have to. Like, let's just erase that belief right now. Because I can do right. stuff now athletically that I could never have done 30 years ago. Like, I couldn't freaking do a push-up, okay, when I was a, when I was a teenager, <laughs> I was like super weak, yeah. totally non-athletic. Never in a million years did I would think that I would ever be a medal-winning athlete. Like never in a million years. But now I'm like multi-gold medal, and and continue to keep improving. So these things are possible. You can actually change your rule set. You don't have to listen to all these people that are putting you on a downer. You can't That's do right. it. 
Yep, just change your beliefs and just go, well, if she can do it, I can do it. So, Dr. Dennis, our time is pretty much up. Thank you so much for these awesome protocols and uh, that I've written up on the blog post, which I will publish in a short period of time. It's been fantastic uh, being with you again. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. I love doing it, and I'm going to look uh, for your books. Yay! Yeah, so, so Thursday, Thursday. <laughs> so that would be, uh, let's see, what that would be not, between 9 and 10 a.m. Oh, no, no, you're not... You're not, uh, you're what, mountain time now? Well, in the summer, we're same as Pacific time in Arizona. So that's 9 to 10 a.m. in the morning. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Tennyson. On the the 10th? (laughs) Yeah, on Thursday. So appreciate that very much. And, and of course, thanks in advance for you and everybody on the call who uh, is supporting us in this book launch. It's so awesome. Look forward to next month, Dr. Dennis. And uh, thanks to all of our listeners for listening in today. Bye for now. Yeah, next, next month will be the beginning of our eighth year. Yeah, woohoo! Wow. Awesome. Think of a good topic. <laughs> yeah, really. All right, take care, Dr. Dennis. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now. Lots of love. You too. Thank you.